Hello and welcome into a special episode of Word on the Street. I'm Tony Lombardi with Russell Street Report. So why is this episode so special? Well, typically, Word on the Street is an opinion piece that's like three minutes or less. Today, it's different. Joining me are two very special gentlemen whose real names you might not recognize, but if you're a fan of Baltimore's NFL teams, you will instantly recognize their nicknames. Allow me to welcome Len Burrier and Dan Granofsky, a.k.a. Big Wheel and Real Fan Dan, respectively. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. How are you today on this fine late winter day? Terrific. It's a pleasure. We're fine. How you doing, Dan? Wonderful, Len. Good to hear you, buddy. Good to hear you, bud. So Len's calling in from his brand new iPhone 13. I bet you weren't thinking about those kinds of things back when you were a big wheel. I, I don't think, uh, no, I don't. I, I was lucky to have a pager. I mean, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't have phones then, you know. Well, let's talk about that because I think that our listeners would be interested to see what you guys do when you're not out there rolling up fans. So let's start with you, Len. Are you still actively employed? What are you doing? And what were you doing at the time where you were actively big wheel? Well, at the time I was uh, big wheel. I was, uh, what was I doing? Oh, I was in the car business. That was a long time ago, you know, and uh, uh, came to get games all the time. And, and I was lucky that the dealer would let me use a dealer car every time I came or we came on the bus and, and uh, from, from, um, Oh, jeez. I can't think of these places. Anyhow, we, we came on a bus and, and we'd have a few beer skis on the bus on the way to the game. And it was very enjoyable, you know. And then, and then Buddy Craven, who was the original spoke with me, he's, he started having his band there and we, he'd bring it in full, full of beer and a, and a, and a uh, trash can. And uh, then we went into the game. But it was fun, and and the thing I enjoyed was walking around by the by the uh, where the band was, and I'd get them all riled up doing COLTS, and and that was a treat, you know, because they were they were interested in that stuff too. But uh, uh, that was that was my getting to the game, and and you know, a couple times I had a friend of mine that lived right across the street from the stadium, and and a couple times I missed the bus and. Uh, he wasn't in any shape to drive me home, so I had to get my wife to come down and pick me up. You know, but other than that, it was it was a great time. How things have changed, Dan. How about you? Well, let's see. Back then, when I first started really going to Colts games, and uh, me and it my buddy, <laughs> me and my buddies all sat in the closed stand, and, and we we loved Len. We loved the big wheel. That was well back then. The Colts weren't playing too good in the early '80s. And, uh, and he was the highlight of the game. I think I was working for Stewart and Company, a department store way back then. And, uh, mm. and we just loved it, hamming it up at the games, having a good time. And then, you know, after the, the Colts left, oh, my gosh, what a nightmare. And we sure missed that. Mm. So uh, when we finally got uh, an NFL team in 98 or 96, and then we moved into the new stadium in 98, uh, I was surrounded by uh, 25 members of Ravens Roost 18, 
that had been Colts Corral 18 and had stuck together just like the band, what, 12 seasons without uh, football? And uh, I loved them immediately. And I told him, I said, you know, we need our own cheer. We don't have any history. We don't have anything going on for the fans. And we need our own cheer. And the second time I told the president of the Ravens that, he said, look, I don't know you from Adam. Just get up and do it, you dumb ding Something else. And that's how all that got, uh, got going. And during that time period, I worked, uh, let's see, 26 years for the Maryland Army National Guard. Very nice. So, so Len, when you were there at mm-hmm. Old Memorial Stadium with your COLTS, what inspired you to do that initially? And then what inspired you to pick that specific cheer? Well, the specific cheer, because it was only five letters. Yeah, that's all I had to spell. But, uh, we we it was a it was a uh, uh, I think it was an October day when I started in '75, and I think the Colts were one and four, one and three, something like that. And uh, we were just sitting there, and it was we were in the upper deck, and it was like hot, and and it was just hot. And I said, man, we got to do something. So. I got up, I started trying to contort my body into the letters, but that didn't work. And then I used my hands and that, that finally caught on. And then Bud Craven was a great guy. He uh, uh, got me in one section and he said, come on, get on my shoulders. I mean, back then I was like almost 300 pounds. And I said, man, you ain't going to carry me. He said, yeah, well, so I got to show he was carrying me around. So, And I know, Buzz, but he's not that big of a guy. No, no, but he's a good boy. Next, oh, yeah. next time you see him, next time you see him, say, hi, Spoke. Because he, every time I see him, I say, hey, Spoke, what's happening? He says, shh, don't say nothing. <laughs> you know, like he, he'd be known as a Spoke. But every time I see him, I say, Spoke. But. This this kept on going and and eventually it it uh, you know it caught on. I mean there were there were games that the fans were so for some maybe it was me I don't know I don't I'm, but the fans were so involved that we caused play to stop a couple times you know and and uh, I think one guy from New England. I can't remember his, his his name, but he was he was being interviewed, and he somebody asked him about the the Colts. He says, "Yeah, he says that's a tough team." And she says, "Another thing, there's some big obnoxious fan that's up in the upper deck there, and he makes too much noise for the games." Uh, so I said, "Well, at least, at least somebody in New England there be too." <laughs> but um, yeah, it kept going and going, and and um, you know, like Dan said. The, when I when I walked through the through the uh, concourse or whatever you call it up the, going up the elevator and stuff, I felt like I was running for office. You know, because everybody called my name. Hey, we 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 we. Out of love. And that was that was cool, you know. And and uh, it kept going until the boys left. And uh, uh, the sad part is everybody hated the Colts. And, and, you know, I didn't like the fact that they left, but 
it it wasn't it wasn't the players that did anything that that caused the team to leave. You know, they didn't have anything to do with it. So, uh, I mean, it's just same thing with Vietnam, for example. I was involved in that, but you know, when they came home, they didn't have anything to do with them going over there. So, but anyhow, the the players, I I still always watch the. Uh, Folks, when I could, you know, but most most of the time it was it was the uh, Ravens. But um, you know, the other thing with that, I don't know if I'm talking too long or not. But is that all right? Um, the other thing with that is, is a lot of people seem to forget that that these fans, these same fans that stuck around the stadium, came out to the CFL. Uh, team games, the Stallions. Yeah. And, I mean, that's yeah, the Stallions, and and you know they took another country's championship. You know they they won the Grey Cup. I mean, and and no, everybody seems to forget them. You know, I mean the the football was a little different, but it was exciting and and it was cheap. At the time, I I worked with the with the the uh, stallions in the in the office. Uh, me and a lady named Lucy Kelly, who was a great woman, and and her and I, uh, we we sort of promoted and we we went out to bars and had them uh, had these bars open up and and let the players come out to eat and drink and stuff and and. Uh, I mean, it was a great time. Tom Maddy was involved. Jim Spiros was a heck of a guy. And um, uh, that was great, you know. And and But to go back to the cult days, I mean, I met all the old cults, you know, Unitas, Donovan, Bracey, all them guys. And Artie Donovan, I don't care what anybody says, he was the, he was the kindest greatest person I I knew back then. I mean, he was he was a treat and and he would do he would do anything he could. I mean, I I had a I put on a pep rally and and uh, Frank Cush wouldn't let anybody out, so I had Artie and Ordell at at the pep rally at Barry Hall and it was a great time. We had a great turnout, but and Artie was was like um, I don't know, he'd take a six pack of uh, slits and just drink the whole thing in a minute, but um, that was a great time, and and the the uh, Bud Bud Craven and I had some had some uh, uh, had a lot of fun. We we went to New York with the cultural roll to the Super Bowl. Well, we didn't roll the Super Bowl, but uh, they were close. And and we had a we it was just marvelous time, you know, great time. I I enjoyed my. My stint from '75 until uh, you know the Stallions left. I mean, I I uh, I knew Bob Leffler. You know Bob Leffler? I do. Yeah. Anyhow, he was a good guy. He I worked at Suburban Chevrolet, and and uh, I think we were his first auto uh, dealership to use him for advertising. He did a great job. And anyhow. I came to one game and and uh, he said, "Will, come on up and see see uh, uh, the owner." I said, "Okay." So I go up there and and uh, the owner said, uh, "Well, uh, go out there and let me see what you can do." And I thought, "Wait a minute, 
<laughs> we've played you guys a bunch of times. And if you haven't heard the noise from from 33 or 30, 33rd Street, you know, it's, it's you know. So I didn't do it. And I'm glad Dan had the uh, the guts to come and do this, you know, and, and in fact, like I, like I mentioned before, he even, he even asked me, he didn't have to, I mean, I mean, that was, that was, uh, really respectful. I, I really, uh, really appreciate that he did that. I was to say that definitely is a sign of respect. Yeah. And, uh, the, the only problem with, with, uh, uh, Dan, the fan man is he's got a, he's got a, uh, uh, he's get a get a bigger shirt or something because he take keeps taking his little shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about that a little bit because, Dan, I, I know that initially when you first started, after you got Lenny's, you know, approval to go ahead and do that, he endorsed your your motivation. Talk about how that grew for you because there was a time when. Now, today, when you go out to the games, you're featured on the big board, but that wasn't always the case. So how did that momentum grow, and what was the driving force behind taking your shirt off? <laughs> Look, it's just having fun in the stands. It's not rocket science. <laughs> and really, uh, as far as taking the shirt off, some guy came up to me and said, Dan, you want him to get louder? Take your shirt off. And I look at my gut, and I'm like, you're kidding me, man. He said, just do it and see what happens. And it's as simple as that. And I, he said, I think that the noise is going to go up a uh, big time. Just try it. And I said, okay. And so I, I waited, you know, until we scored a touchdown well, in those days. In the early going, we didn't have too many go-ahead touchdowns. But a real important touchdown, I said, this is it. You know, and I rip off my shirt. And dang on if the decibels didn't go up 100%. So that's that's what all that happened. It's uh, it's having fun with the the fans. So, uh, I was in section, or I still am, section five thirty two, and uh, uh, to the left and right of me, five thirty one and five thirty three. Uh, right in the center, you know, had all these uh, twenty five members of Ravens Roost eighteen, and they agreed to support the cheers. So they immediately joined in when I started doing it in ninety eight. And then uh, uh, it grew and everything, and I would go up and down the sections. You know, I'd climb up to the nosebleeds and talk to fans and ask them what they uh, felt and just talk football, man, and got to know these people. And uh, now, you know, decades gone by, I've seen their children grow up. And this one kid come down when he was like 13 and thanked us for what he's doing. And now he's practicing law, you know, so you get to know the people around you. It's like family. It was with you, Len, right? All them people around you, they knew you real good, right? And uh, yeah, yeah. you get to be They complied me with the booze and stuff, you know? Uh, <laughs> well, good. <laughs> but, uh, but anyhow, <laughs> you become friends. And oh, by the way, let's do this cheer and fire everybody up in the stadium, you know? And uh, uh, in, um, before our Super Bowl, uh, I joined this club, you know, that I had been sitting at games with for two years. I joined them and, and they, uh, 
uh, they voted me in, and I think it was the same night. Yeah, a guy, Earl Barnes, he made a motion. He said, look, we've been doing this cheer for a couple years now, and this is what fan clubs do. I think we should support this cheer as a way to continue the Baltimore football tradition begun by Len, by Len Burrier, the big wheel, right, of chanting our team's name. This is this is what we're supposed to do, unite ourselves, unite the fans in support of our team, and have fun, right? And uh, they were like, oh, heck yeah, uh, you know, unanimous vote. And uh, the one fellow, Mr. Bortner, who's since passed away, God rest his soul, he worked down a Fort Meade sign shop, and he went and measured the seats and cracked out uh, um, six uh, or seven placards you know, we own three rows of seats. So he cracked out these placards, R-A-V-E-N-S, Ravens. And just like the old uh, cult cheerleaders did of old, uh, our members would stand up with the sign in hand. And as I spelled out the letters, they would hold each letter up so all the people in three sections would know what the big, fat, dumb, bald-headed guy was trying to say. <laughs> and me. And we trained them up. I mean, that's how we trained them up to do the, the Ravens cheer. And uh, 17 years that went on until finally the uh, the Ravens got uh, uh, cameras in the upper deck. They never had them there before. And that was 2014. Dan, you were going to ask me about my most memorable game. You want me to do that now or later? No, no, no. I have another question. Ask you, you had shared, shared with me a video I think it was NFL Network's maybe fantasy football show or something, and they got they got to talking about the the Jets cheer, and they accused you of imitating the Jets or copying the Jets, saying that the Ravens they've won Super Bowls, they have a winning team, and the Jets have nothing but this cheer. Why'd they have to take that from us? But I, I think your inspiration was a little different than the Jets. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was all about the fans. So I, I don't know. I I read about the the Jets uh, starting their cheer. And uh, by the way, Big Wheel, they did they started that J E T S uh, stuff uh, up there in uh, Shea Stadium, the old stadium in in '78. So you got them licked. And and as you know, we had guys like Willie the Rooter doing a uh, similar type cheer give me a c-o-l-t-s back in uh in 58 with willie the rooter so the yeah. Baltimore tradition is definitely before that and len you're before that with your c-o-l-t-s uh but uh you know them guys up there it's okay the the the, the jets have a tradition the, uh the eagles have a tradition as far as we can tell when you predate the eagles too because that only started like in the 80s and the song uh, uh, where they added the E-A-G-L-E-S the -E uh, to the end of the song, The Fly Eagles Fly, that was rewritten in 1998. And that's when I started doing the, uh, uh, the R-A-V-E-N-S cheer, you know, to continue your tradition. So you're way ahead, everybody, pal. And uh, but uh, even, so, even so, all three fan bases are still around the same kind of era within a few miles. And it's okay. All these fan traditions are absolutely terrific. And if anybody knows of any other fan bases that spell out their team's name, please let me know. You know, it's 
it's having fun in the stands. That's the key in, in supporting your team. Well, Len, you also had another local emulator in the form of Wild Bill. Did you get a chance to meet him? Yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I guess everybody respected me a little bit because he even asked me if he could do that for the Orioles. And I, I said, hey, you know, help yourself. That's a hundred and some games. I said, I, I've got a wife and kids. I, ain't, I ain't, I'm not going out, you know, to the football game, leave the family home. So, you know, he did that. And that, that was neat. We became good friends. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it was neat to, to uh, like Dan said, uh, the whole thing with me, and I'm sure it's the same thing with him, is is the fact that, uh, you know, we're not looking for somebody to give us anything. You know, yeah. maybe 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 that's why I, I, I mean, I've always wanted to go to a Super Bowl and uh, never had the team to go there. Well, I was rooting for the Ravens, but, but I think Dan went to that. But anyhow, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I – uh, one day I'd like to get there. I know Mr. Bashotti, and I know he used to go to cold games, and you know he's seen what I can do. But that's neither here nor there. I mean, um, Urse, uh I tell you about one. Can I tell you about this one little trip? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Bob Urse and Harry Urse. When when I first met them, they they when they saw what we did, me and uh, Bud did, they said, you know, I'm Bob. That's my wife Harry. That's what I want you to call us. You know. So anyhow, he uh, hooked us up with a with a uh, from Miami Miami game Monday night Miami game, and uh, <laughs> they flew us down, and uh, Bud and I were they put us up in this hotel, and Bud and I were. We, we were out in the sand and stuff like that. And then in front of his hotel and Bud went back in. Then we got a phone call from Harry Dorsey. He said, hey, you guys want to go to the game? Hurry up and get over our house and, and uh, you can go in our yacht. You know, because they, they were wriggling the water out of, out of big boot. So I ran upstairs. I said, come on, Bud, we got to get ready. Da, da, da. And then we had signs and stuff and, and uh, we get a cab. And we said, I said, Get us to this address, you know. We don't care how much it's going to cost or how fast you go. Just get us there. Well, it was right across the highway. It's where their house was and where the boat was, so we were right there. But we got on this boat, and uh, I mean, they had everything on there. I mean, they had steaks and shrimp bigger than your fingers, and and uh, all these all these I don't know high class people or whatever I don't know. But there there was a lot of nice nice people that hung around with the with the Ursays. And uh, we get to the game and it's a it's a cow at this at this time I was drinking beer. Okay. And and when you get to the game it's the college stadium. So you've been drinking all the way from wherever we were in Miami somewhere and, and uh, on this boat and you get there and you can't have a drink because they don't have anything. And then we come out of there and we couldn't find our bus, but we finally found somebody going back to the hotel. So we went to the hotel. So we're sitting in the, in the bar with, uh, uh, Artie Donovan and, uh, uh, Harry Brown, Ollie Brown guys used to own brownies and, and 
bunch of fans were sitting in there, and then here comes uh, Bob and Harriet Ursay walking in. They they came in and and uh, they saw us off there, waved to us and everything, and and uh, they went up by the bar and uh, Bob said to Harriet, "Harry, you got any money with you?" She says, uh, "Yeah, I got about five hundred dollars." And he says, "Well, put it on the bar." He tells the bartender, "These guys can drink on me until that's that's gone," which you know, made us feel good, you know, because he was buying us beer. <laughs> but that was a that was a neat that was a neat little trip, you know. So anyhow, I had to had to tell you about that. Now, Len, wasn't Buddy responsible for the famous Ursay doll that was down at Schaefer's Pub for a long time? Yeah, matter of fact, it was. He was. He he had that made up. I don't know where he got it made. I don't even know where it is now. I'm sure it's. Um, it should be in the Hall of Fame, I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was cool when he came out with that. You know, he he he, uh, he was a good guy. I really I really enjoyed playing. We've been friends ever since. You know, and and uh, he's he's uh, he's involved. He he was involved in. Uh, I guess he still is. I don't know. In Tiki Lee's and and Lee's Landing up in Port Deposit. Yes, and, uh, he used to work. Yeah, he used to, he used to work uh, down. Uh, I can't remember all these names. It's, the Bay Cafe. You know, all that. <laughs> but but uh, he he really was uh, he really was a class act. He's got a he's his one daughter. She he's shown pictures in the, on the internet with him and his daughter. Yeah, him and his daughter, and, and she's a beautiful girl. I mean, and. and uh, I hope he keeps her out of the bars that we used to go in. <laughs> we got crazy, you know? <laughs> so, but anyhow. So have you ever gone to a game line with Dan? Because that would be classic. I've invited him. You got to uh, yeah, make it invited. happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to make it happen this year. But, but uh, I don't know how high I got little i got this uh neuropathy and and i sort of uh i mean i don't have to drink i walk like i'm drunk all the time you know but uh i don't know i'm sure i could make it up there i just i just you know i don't know i, I really want to get up there with him you know there's an elevator Pardon? by my section buddy you can ride the elevator straight to section 532 well, that's what I'm going to do. I mean, we're going to do that, and uh, we'll get Tony up there to to uh, Tony, you and me lead a cheer. Hey, that would be great. That would, that be, would great. be awesome. <laughs> but I'm keeping my shirt on. Hey, Len. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Len, this coming season. I have a heart. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. You're fine, buddy. Uh, this coming season, Len, will be the 25th season of doing the oh. R-A-D-E-N-S cheer. I need you to come sit with me, buddy. You know I got seats for you. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do All that. Right, Tony's going to get That's a Tony, date. Tony's no. going to <laughs> give me a couple tickets, so that'll be all right. I, can, I got you, buddy. The 25 members yeah. of our club to sit together. All I got to do is say two words, big wheel. That's it. Yeah, there you go. If I tell the Ravens, if I tell the Ravens you guys are planning this, 
they'll probably plan something nice for the two of you. So uh, let's make that happen. So I, I need to wrap this up, guys. Let's uh, let's talk about just a few questions I have for each of you, and I'll let you take turns. And we'll go with the elder statesman to begin with. It'll be Lenny. Who was your favorite coat? Oh, it was a, it was a lot of them. I mean, I mean, uh, I like the uh, George Coons. He was he was the uh, right guard, right tackle rather for the Colts. And and I, every time I saw him, I said, I, I said, George, I said, you're a right tackle. I said, when I played right tackle, I always got my face mashed or something, you know. I said, but you never get your face hit. I said, you're you're the you got the you got the straightest face of any offensive lineman I ever seen. And he, he was a nice he was a very nice guy too. I mean, he he was he was good, but you know, he was good. Burt Jones was good. Uh, all the guys uh, on that team were were, I mean, they were outstanding. You know, they were they were nice guys. I mean, the only problem we had was Frank Cush. He wouldn't he wouldn't let me take the guys out to a happy hour or, or to a to a pep rally. You know, I mean, I mean, when when and real quick, when Buddy and I were in in New York at a game at the Jets game, and and uh, we went we went down to the locker room to try to get in to see the see the players. Frank Cush was there, and he said a few words, and uh, to shorten it up, he told us, get the heck out of there. So we didn't get in, but Frank was on my way or the highway. And, yeah, and I had them in, in a golf tournament once, and, and Frank Cush was, was uh, uh, playing with me and my brother, and I forget who else, and, and he says I had a couple other uh, coaches and stuff playing and and he said to me he says Lanny he says uh, uh, I know you're running this tournament he says but um, don't you think I should be playing with uh, you know a couple other people I says uh, excuse me Frank but when you're playing football it's your way or the highway when I'm playing golf it's my way or the highway so you're playing with the rest of the day and and it was foggy and he hit his ball and I thought he wasn't going to like it and he gets up here and said, "Man, I love this. I didn't see where it went, but boy, it went pretty good." And he, but it was a good time, good times. But anyhow, I think Dan, your, your favorite Raven, Dan. Um, all time, you know, there's so many, and not to disparage all our great Hall of Famers and Pro Bowlers, but my all-time favorite uh, Raven has got to be Big Ed, Edwin Mulatalo, number sixty-four, our left guard, and. He did great things with J.O. and busted some holes for Jamal. But my the reason why yeah. I love his guys because he was the most fan-friendly and fan-available Ravens player ever in our whole history. Yeah. He brought players down to the ocean for our convention, and all of them would sit down with us and talk like mm -hmm. regular folks, and it was great. And I, I love Ed for that, so – He's my favorite all time. Now, currently, my favorite Raven is Mr. Chuck Clark. Because just Sunday, <laughs> I was down uh, at the uh, Raven Stadium on a tour, and Chuck was signing autographs. And he actually, I can't believe it, asked me for my autograph. <laughs> and he's the first Ravens player ever to do that. So, currently, Chuck, you're top. For me, buddy. 
Uh, I'll ask you each to wrap things up. Uh, to wrap things up, I'll ask you each to just describe your most memorable game doing what you did as a guy who got the Ravens fans and the Colts fans all riled up and into the game. Um, well, I guess it was my, my most favorable game or the remember that I can remember was uh, I forget who we were playing, but they were in the closed end of the stadium. And uh, I got the fans so riled up that they had the state. They, they couldn't hear what the, what the play was called. You know, they, they couldn't hear what the quarterback was saying to the line. They had to do that. Um, it had to be for 15 minutes. They had to cut it out. And that was a, that was, that was a great time. Uh, um, the sad time was when that um, butt flew his airplane into the stadium. That was a, that was a stupid thing to do, but uh, it was, and, and like Dan said, you meet so many different people. I mean, it, it's uh, when when I was doing that, I mean, it was lawyers and judges and all that stuff up there. And, and they were just as everybody's nice. You know, they're nice people. And and uh, if if the niceness of the football fans and the and the baseball fans would if that would roll out into the rest of the city or state or whatever or country i mean we'd have a nice place to live you know but you know you really you really uh uh and i think when football when football wasn't here i think there was more crime and when when football came back there was something for for the kids to get involved with and enjoy and gave them something to to root for and and the keep them going you know so but anyhow i digress i got so many other stories that you don't have time to hear them all uh but one day we'll i keep saying one day i'll write a book but people will forget me now they don't even know who i went but i'm still alive (laughs) i don't know if that's true but i do know that you're well thought of and you're iconic in the city of baltimore and i know dan would agree with that i love you len you're you're the best man Hey, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Yes, You're sir. a good guy too, but I appreciate it. <clears throat> but we will, we will uh, set this up, and, and uh, um, I don't know. You, I guess you got my number. I got your number. Yeah. You know, give me a call, and uh, we'll we'll get a game that's that's going to be a good game that, or a game that's going to be kind of dull. I mean, we don't know with our team. Huh? I said you're I not getting you. out of it. I will come to your house and pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll be there. I, I was All looking right. for that born first, but I never got an invitation. You might not have had it. I don't. We know. didn't have it this year. You know what we need oh, to do, that, that, Lenny. You know what we need to do is what? get Buddy, get Buddy to come to the game too. That would be great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we I have to find. He's been in Miami for a while. I don't know what he's doing down in Florida. I don't know what he's doing down there. But you know, if he if he comes up here, it'd be good to get in touch with him and get him involved. He's on Facebook. He's a big Key West guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. But listen, I really appreciate the the 
the honor of being with uh, you and with uh, Dan, the fan man, or Likewise. fan man, or however you say that. Real fan, uh, Dan. Don't worry about it, big wheel. Yeah. And I have to say this because I, uh, real quick, because I work, I work part time with some Amish, and they make me listen. They don't make me listen to it, but the, it's the church radio. You, they always have one in the in the truck that they listen to, and. I guess I'm getting more religion, and I noticed that uh, Dan, he's got some religion also. He's a, he's like, what are you, a deacon or something there, buddy? Yes, sir, I'm a deacon. Yeah, I thought so. That's yep. cool. That's yep. cool, man. And that guy, that guy up there in the stands that goes nuts for the Ravens, he loves Jesus Christ, too. Now, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you asking us uh, to be on here and and to, you know, I, I saw somebody the other a couple of weeks ago. Say, oh man, I didn't, I didn't know you were still alive. You know, but this is good. Let people know I'm still alive. You know, still <laughs> going. I'm seventy-seven, going on forty-five. So hey, come well, on. You sound great. You sound great, and look Hello. forward to. Seeing you at the game, we'll we'll figure this out. We'll get the details ironed out between now and whenever that is this fall. So, Len Burrier, yeah, aka good. Big Wheel, Dan Gronowski, aka Real Fan Dan. Thanks so much for joining me today here at Word on the Street. It has been a pleasure and an honor. Has been all mine. So, thank you very much. And I hope our fans are happy listening to this because I, I think uh, there's probably a whole lot of stories that are going to come out of this. Uh, you know, as people listen to it. And and maybe we'll get you guys back on and tell a few more stories. That sounds good to me. All right, fellas. <laughs> I don't want the most memorable game yet. <laughs> <laughs> we never gave Dan an opportunity for as long as Dan needs to tell us his most memorable story doing what he does at Ravens games. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it, man. I don't know if I... Do it as good as Len, but anyway, there's a lot of terrific games that stand out. Uh, you know, that first playoff win versus uh, Denver in 2000. There'll be nothing as ever as sweet as that with how tough the going was, uh, you know, for the Ravens and the early going. And uh, we didn't have too many wins, and we knew that 2000 was going to be special. So that game really sticks out. And, of course, there's that comeback win versus Seattle and. 2003, just incredible. And Ray's last game in 2012. But uh, I guess I'm, uh, as far as doing the chair and getting the fans fired up, well, that would be uh, December 14th in 2014. And we were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, we still, it was late in the year. I think I was third to the last game. We had a chance for the playoffs. And we just weren't doing it against Jacksonville. And uh, it was a really lackluster day. The Ravens were flat. Uh, and the crowd was just quiet. I mean, they were lackluster too. You could hear the, you could have heard a pin drop. It was terrible. And when those type things happen, these fans, you know, who've been friends of mine for at that time, like 17 years. They'll come down to you and say, Dan, you got to fire up the stadium. You got to get us going. It's quiet as can be. The Ravens don't have anything going. Fire us up. So um, I went around. Uh, I ran up and down the stairs in the sections and hollered, got people's attention. Groups of 20, 30 fans at a time. 
and said, look, the only time that we could do this when there isn't constant announcements and constant music is going to be on offense. And we got to be careful not to mess up our own guys. So look for me. If you want to fire this crowd up, you got to look for me. And I'll look for the right moment when we're on offense and there's no loud blaring music. And when I stand up, all of you have got to get up at the same time. And when I do the cheer, it can't be any of this mamby, pamby BS. You got to come hard and you got to come loud right then and there. And maybe it'll work. And then as soon as I get done the cheer, you all got to shut up so we don't mess the Ravens up on offense. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, go do it, go do it. So I went down there and I had to wait. And back then, well, still today, really, defenses would play us. They Anytime that we got the momentum going on offense, the opposing defense would have some guy, insignificant defensive player, fake an injury, you know, and so there'd be a little timeout and that would take us out of our rhythm. And they were doing it really good. And sure enough, they were doing it, doing it then. And, you know, you never want to do a cheer when somebody gets hurt, but these guys were obviously faking it. And uh, I looked and sure enough, this one guy, he's rolling around on the ground and then, you know, timeout and boom, he jumps up and runs over to the sideline. So that was good enough. And I jumped up and right then, as if they were one man, three sections stood up at one time and loud as could be, R-A-V. E-S, while the Ravens were in the huddle and Joe Flacco broke the huddle, come to the line at a scrimmage, bam, throws the longest pass of the day, 26 yards, I think it was, whatever. And now uh, the team is running to the ball and they're starting to show life in the stadium. People were yelling, what the heck was that? What happened? And while they were running, and Len, I remember you did this with the Colts at least a couple times, uh, uh, during a play while they were running down there, uh, we did the cheer again, loud as can be, R-A-V, and they could get to the ball, and boom, 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 like three plays later, touchdown, and the whole stadium woke up. I'm telling you, it was like a tomb moments before, and now it is completely fired up. Everybody's going nuts. We got a chance to win. We got a chance to get in the playoffs. It's beautiful, man. And uh, uh, I did the, uh, the, you know, the traditional Ravens cheer after the touchdown. And, man, it was loud as could be. I mean, super loud. And I was like, whoa, that was pretty loud. And I went to sit down. I still have my shirt off. I'm half naked. And I sit down, and the, the president of the Ravens roost sitting right in front of me, same guy that told me, just get up and do it, you big dummy. 17 years earlier, he and his wife turn around and their eyes are big as golf balls. And, and he says, Dan, you were just on the big screen. And I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, the whole cheer? He said, about half of it. And I jumped up, still with my shirt off, and I'm, I knew where the camera was. They had just put it in. They had just put that camera there that year. And I'm staring at them. The whole crowd behind me, all the sections, they know what's going on. And they're screaming and screaming, put them on, put them on, jumping up and down, all this nonsense. And Jay O'Brien, who is the vice, Ravens vice president of broadcasting and game day activities, 
he saw us, and for the first time since 1983 when the big wheel did it, by him putting us on the big screen, that caused all of Baltimore football fandom to join in like they did for the big wheel in the way back. And, uh, and all everybody in the whole stadium joined in on that cheer. And the Ravens have uh, put that cheer on the big screen just about every touchdown uh, since that time. Lenny, you better believe I was thinking about you, brother, at that moment. And it took 17 years to get there. And just I could still see the faces of the people around me. It was great. <laughs> Definitely the best uh, moment. Go Ravens! And that, yeah. is, say, is the rest of the story. Yeah. You want I got a I got a real quick one for you if you if you want it. Go ahead, Len. Hello. Go ahead. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, I was in the I was in the concourse. Me and uh, uh, the hubcap. It was uh, Doug Mazer. He was the other. He was the replaced buddy. But anyhow, we were walking around the concourse, and and this uh, girl came down to us, and he said, "Oh, Mr. Wheel, Mr. Wheel, wait a minute." He says, "He says." Uh, uh, my dad would love to get his picture with you. I said, that's, that's fine, man. That's fine. I said, where is he? She said, he's up in the, in the seat. I'll go get him and, and we'll be right back down. So he comes down and, and me and Doug get, get in position for, for the, the, the girl, the boyfriend or the husband or something to take a picture. And she hands me this box and, and uh, she says, okay, are you ready? I says, well, where's your father? He says, you're holding him. I was holding, it was a, his ashes I was holding. He wanted a picture with me and his ashes. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> gotta love so that's, football. That's right. You gotta love the fans, too. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for your time. And if for no other reason... This podcast is worth doing just because now we have it on record that you two are going to get together in the 2022 season. Thank you. Us three, us three are getting together. There you go. Us three. And Buddy Craven, too. That's right. Right. All right, fellas. Again, thanks for joining us. And we'll talk real soon. Thank you. God bless you. All right, guys. Take care. See you, Len. Bye.